back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we smash apart the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute chunks so we can analyze them in scrupulous detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Road to Infinity podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco, and I am not a professional tough guy, nor have I wetted my pants while conscious. <laughs> Emphasis on wedded well, and, and conscious. conscious. Sure. Because there's a story. Uh, I don't, I we've don't all had some into, nights. I don't want to get into it. It's, <laughs> and yet, I have a condition. You brought it up here in the yeah, but the well, show. because because the, I mean, professional tough guy uh-huh. is such a great line, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, well, I'm not a professional tough guy, but people who are, they shouldn't wet their pants. If they do, something's afoot. <laughs> Which brings us yeah. to minute thirty-one. Tough guy. I don't know. So yeah, so uh, yes, yeah, so it's it's all about movement in this in here of minute thirty-one of Louis Leterrier's two thousand eight Incredible Hulk movie. Uh, we finish up the last of the of minute thirty. Uh, we see the truck. This is I like this. This I love these transitions like this. Right. So it's nice that the the truck is driving, and then we immediately cut to the plane flying. Very nice really landing. Well, the truck landing. is moving on, and That's the right. plane is landing. landing There's back motion at, at the Fort Johnson, which yes. is actually a, a, a Canadian Air Force base. Um, so and we, and we and we quickly cut from that to uh, a little bit of a scene from the West Wing. We get a little bit of Sorkin walk and talk, right? Eric, that's right. It's yeah. a walk and talk. As soon as I saw yes. this, I was like, oh, somebody's been watching the West Wing. I have the note in there. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, yeah. so I love that the camera starts behind Ross and Blonsky. Yep. Now, one of the things, though, that is, well, it's not surprising. It's surprising depending on some actors. Mm-hmm. We won't name any of those actors that are that are very sure. cognizant of their height. Mm-hmm. But the first thing you get from this shot is... Though it might be an impossible mission for us to to not mention their names. Oh, my God, you went there. (laughs) I I know what you're talking about. I'm saying... That's exactly what I was going for. Okay. (laughs) The one thing you see from this shot is, okay, so here's Blonsky and Ross, and we've gone from the plane landing. They're Mm -hmm. now in some military installation. And you you find out that uh, William Hurt is very tall. Okay. Tim Roth is not very tall. I mean, like by 12 inches, they're different. Yes. It's like like the top of his head to the top of his shoulder. Yes. Yeah. This is so clear. And yeah. what I actually think this is neat is yeah. it's giving you an understanding of the Blonsky character, yeah. where he feels he is he has a weakness, and why he is open and eager mm-hmm. to be more. Mm. So this is interesting because as we're seeing that this is this is probably I, I, I would expect this is their natural heights, like they're yes. going through. Later on, we're going to see a scene like this where they're not using their natural heights, and it's coming up in the next couple minutes. Oh. Yeah, so I, 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 I didn't even think about that when I was, I was looking at this one, but I noticed it that they do a, a, an opposite trick later on in, in the next couple of minutes. Oh, but see, I love this because it's, yeah, it's, it's planting the too. seed for which we're going to continue to see. Right. There is a seed being planted in Emil Blonsky's character. Yeah. That you see why he's after what he's after. Yes. So, yeah. Cool. So uh, yeah. So that it's a it's a long long hallway. So basically, what we're talking about is um, from the West Wing. So the West Wing came out in I think it was started in '99. Right. Uh, and so it would have probably finished up its run about this this point. So it's probably coming to an oh, end. Oh, so this was a little maybe a little homage. Maybe. Yeah. I would say it was. I was. I would say it was definitely in the public consciousness. Right. So I would say that they probably definitely thought about uh, you know Tommy Shlomi and his uh, and long lenses and stuff. Um, so yeah. So a lot of them walking, talking, and doing that. So it adds nice kinetic, you know, movement to a lot of exposition. Well, so, and it really lets you focus on the dialogue between two characters. Yes. So and it's a nice, it's a nice way visually to really focus on what is being said. Yeah, and this is pretty much the second half of the scene that was started with these guys in Bruce's um, 
apartment. Oh, right. Because, I mean, like, that was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Blonsky talking to. And Blonsky is still sort of doing this. I think this is the beginning of Ross is kind of playing a bit of a con game here. Like, I think he is really manipulating Blonsky here. Uh, I think he started back there, uh, and I think it's continuing on here because Blonsky is still going at him full bore with all the stuff like so I, I mean it's it's a huge it's a nice chunk of text I, I have I wrote down all of it from the from the subtitles uh, I've run into a bad situation on the crap missions before I've seen good men go down purely because someone didn't know what we were walking into which is a jab mm-hmm. I mean like in, in terms of this thing that's sort of like that's you exactly tell what us. you did to us you, didn't tell you, us what you, you put did. us in a situation we were not prepared for right I moved on to the next one because that's what we do right I mean that's the job but this this is my favorite line of the movie so far this is a whole new level of weird. Now, okay, <laughs> what a weird thing to say. Yeah, right? Because you would think at this point these guys would take the profanity filter off yeah. and go, hey, <laughs> this is a whole new level is, of blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. Say, this was a quite a foobar situation. Yeah, I mean, this is right. Like, <laughs> the, military, the military are the, are the uh, high practitioners of swearing. They have whole new, new but, languages when, of swearing. When he said this, it just made me laugh like, is there some reference in here to something? Because <laughs> a whole new level of weird yeah. just sounds silly coming out of here. <laughs> It just, I don't know, that was kind of funny. Uh, and so then he continues on, I don't feel inclined to step away from it. So if you're looking to take another crack at him, I want in. And with respect, you should be looking for a team that's prepped and ready to fight. Because if that thing shows up again, you're going to have a lot of professional tough guys pissing in their pants. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> and he delivers that so well, oh, too. This. I think this, this, is why, this is why you hire Tim Roth. Because no. you give him, like, here, here's a big chunk of text. Go for it. And he just like bang, bang, bang delivers. On and he it. absolutely like this is not this certainly this is this is not Quentin Tarantino level. No, right. But no. but but I got to tell you, though, he yeah. clearly is loving this scene because yeah. you can see that he's he's eating it up. And yeah. that's a great line because professional tough guys. Probably uh-huh. shouldn't wet their pants, uh-huh. right, sir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Ross's v- look mm-hmm. when you see his face during yeah. this conversation is, yeah. I like what I'm hearing, right? But at the same time, I'm giving you nothing. Oh yeah, like he's. I mean, like he. You can't tell if any of the stuff that Blonsky is saying is landing with him. Right. Or is making him mad or making him like, oh, right, this is what I want to. It's uh, He's doing like two things at once. It's sinister. Yeah. And also, yeah, no. Yeah. like he, And that's like, that is the mark of a good actor, too, where they yeah. can just cut to the reaction shot of him and something is going on behind his eyes. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, that happens in this scene totally. Yeah, especially when you, when you don't get the big juicy dialogue to chew on. You really right. have to, you know, you have to do your work in the reaction shots. Exactly. So and we so then we moved we moved back and now we find that Bruce is has made his way to Mexico. So he is in uh, Chiapas. 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 I, right. I said my, my Spanish accent is uh, no. I'm neither awful. Is mine. I do know that this is a border town. This okay. is the border state of Guatemala. Oh, of okay. Mexico. So he's just over. Yeah. According so to he's the, literally just to, over the border. Uh, Google Maps. He's gone right. about 250 miles north because right. we don't know approximately where in Guatemala he is. But right. That's why I say it, so it's around there. So. Here's what's interesting about about this. Just as as he approaches, the guy, the, our our favorite, our, our hero, the saint, the guy who picked him up, didn't let him keep the blanket. Oh. What a jerk move! Like brings him to town. Like it's like, like obviously 
Okay, he didn't buy him. He didn't buy him. Give him a shirt or a hat or shoes or socks. Okay, fine. Like you, you, you did your good deed. You took him to town. You couldn't let him keep the blanket. Can I, mean, I come on? Can I? Can I turn your sure skepticism into absolutely into destitution? <laughs> what if he did let him keep the blanket? Uh-huh. What if he gave him some shoes? And the tough guys in Chiapas roughed him up and took those things. <laughs> so there's a deleted scene of another group of tough guys, another just group, like there the were tough in guys Brazil? in Chiapas, just like the tough guys in Brazil. <laughs> wow! And they were like, "No, Gringo, the blanket <laughs> so is ours now." This is Incredible Hulk: colon, Bruce can't catch a break. I want you. Do you know how that would make you feel? There's how only one way that make you feel. Oh, <laughs> oh we're not. Poor Bruce. This is, I know. I, this is what a great needle drop. Like this is like at his lowest. This is this is where it is. I mean, Didn't I, get to keep the blanket. And then the lonely I gotta man say playing. this right now. We, yeah, you know the, the joke. We're laughing about this. This is horrible. Uh-huh. When you see him, so the camera pans right. We, mm-hmm. we establishing shot. We're yep. in this other, you know, Which, this other by the town. Way, still in Rio. It's this still is, in Rio. This, right. I would say this was all shot in Rio. So right, like in different a, locations, so yep. it doesn't look as so compacted exactly. yeah. along the hilltops. But you go to this cobblestone. It's clearly this old road. And we see Bruce, and he's and he's walking. He's still clutching his pants, trying yep. to keep the rags around him. Yep, still. And you that. can see how his feet it hurts with every step. Yeah, this is ridiculously sorrowful. Then mm-hmm. I mean, this is a horrible experience. If you could think of anybody actually going through this, yeah, how could you carry on? How could you continue to take another step? Yeah. So, and then we have this great moment where, okay, we talked about nostalgia before in the few other minutes. Yeah. The, the, lonely the Lonely Man, man. theme kicks yeah. in. Yeah. And so The Lonely Man was used prominently as the closing music for the Incredible Hulk television series from the late 70s. Uh, but then I, I wanted to see, like, was it the opening too? And it's it's in both. But at the at the top, they play another theme on top of it for uh-huh. the opening scene. And that's the more like, I mean, like it plays like the more intense stuff and then plays The Lonely Man at the same time. So I think that's, I think he was going for the dual, like the Hulk banner, like to do the dual nature thing. And always the walking, because yeah, always well, the walking. Yeah, well, and I mean, clearly, so it always ended he... with uh, what we're hearing. What we right. hear here, and it was the only, at the end of every episode was Bruce, like you know, basically having you know, torn up a town, almost gotten caught, and then like making his way out right. of town, lonely man, like always by himself. So we've talked about the lonely man theme. Mm-hmm. You've heard it just now. Uh, I thought we'd go a little bit into a deep dive on this. This is a, a composition written by Joe Harnell. Hmm. Uh, was alive from 1924. He died in 2005. Rest in peace. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, American composer. He was an arranger. He was a pianist. He one of his things he's well known for, and this is going back to like 1950s, 56 to 63. He was on the Dinah Shore Chevy show. Okay. Dinah Shore was a was a variety show. <laughs> yeah, when when companies could just flat out buy entertainment shows. Exactly right. <laughs> so so this was the the the, the tagline and everything yeah. was bought. Um, no commercials, just yeah. we own the show. Right, and then probably a, a Chevy would come through at some point. Right. So he so he's, he was well known for that, and then in about mid 60s he started working with Gray Advertising as a jingle writer. He worked on another uh, talk show called the Mike Douglas Show oh, yeah. um, in the 70s. He moves to Hollywood in 73, and he works in film score and television composition. So in addition to The Incredible Hulk, he worked on The Bionic Woman. Okay. He worked on Alienation, and one of my favorite cultural phenomenon shows of the early 80s, V. Oh, yes. I watched all those shows. The, oh, I remember right? V was a huge V thing. was a massive... Yeah. And they tried to revive it. They did. What, about... I want to say uh, 10 years ago, yeah, five, 10 years ago. 10 years ago, somewhere in the mid 2000s. But the original, yeah. if you were a child of the 80s, yes. 
that show was mind-blowing. Yeah, that was event television. Oh, like it every was. Every one of our generation watched that. And their sound, and I can remember the, the Oh, theme, yeah, there's still visuals, I remember. I mean, The visuals and the music, yeah, I totally yeah, remember. So yeah. he's responsible for all that. And then he also wrote the signature tune, introducing United Artists uh, movies in the 1980s. Hmm, he okay. did the theme music for an NBC a soap opera called Santa Barbara. Oh. He became a faculty member at USC's Thornton School of Music. What a life. Yeah. I mean, this I mean, guy. If you're if you're a composer, you're lucky you get one. Yes, like like that. Maybe like he got to do the music for Bionic Woman. That would be it. That's all you do. But the fact that he was doing this high profile stuff again and again and again shows his not his tenacity, but his talent. I mean, I got to tell you, like, I, and and I love one of the things I absolutely love about this podcast. I love what we do is to deep dive into stories like this of people mm-hmm. because eighty one an eighty one year life that was so doing what he loved. And fully the contributions that I know touch us because, you know, we're fans of this stuff. Right. What an awesome, awesome story. Mm-hmm. The fruit does not fall far from the tree. Mm-hmm. His son, uh, Jess Harnell, as uh, a voice actor, he's best known as the voice of, what was it, Wacko, Wacko. Warner? Yeah, he's Wacko. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. How cool is that? That's so cool. <laughs> that's that's it's so serendipitous, too, because I just finished reading Rob Paulson's book, and Rob Paulson is Yakko Warner. So he talks about Jess a lot in the oh, book. Oh, that's because funny. The three of them, like the three of them uh, together, like the you know Yakko, Wacko, and Don, right. are they're like really good friends from when they did the show together. And he always talks about Jess as a musician. Isn't that funny? Yeah. There you go. So that's and now, a song. And, now I, and now I understand why. And it's we're talking like about the penny drops. These characters are from a Steven Spielberg produced yep. animated series called Animaniacs. Animaniacs. And actually, this year are coming back. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Brand new episodes with with Jess Harnell and and Rob Paulson and Tress McNeil. They're so all coming back as every time you hear like see that and hear that yeah. connection to the Incredible Hulk and the Lonely Man thing, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. And then his grandson Jeremy, he's right now he works as a composer and a visual artist under the name J C Harnell. Hey, uh, right. if anyone knows either of them, we would <laughs> we would love to talk with them yeah. because right. one find out what they're doing. And right. Joe is such a huge part of this. Yeah, as such so, a, huge a huge part, part of the Incredible Hulk, Hulk legacy because yes. every, like you know for anyone who watched that show, everyone knows that music. Just watch. Any season of Family Guy, and they make jokes about they they play the Lonely Man theme. Yes, I mean it's it's uh, it's a huge I mean, that's not part going away. Culture. That's no. going to be a that's right. a thing, man. Right. Like ah, uh, that's just great. Well, anyway, yeah. just awesome, awesome work and props to to Joe because yeah. this is a great part of this character and this character story. That's really cool. So uh, we get Bruce down as, as as destitute as he can be. He actually is now has to beg on the street. And on the one hand, it's this is this is like once again, how low can you go? This brilliant scientist, you know, one of the smart probably in in the MCU. I mean, in the Marvel universe, like the six one six, he is one of the top five smartest people his, in the planet. His faces in classrooms, yeah, on right. The wall. Everybody knows, and and here he is, like on the streets of Mexico, having to beg for pesos. And this is, I, you know, I, but I look at, at the scene. Hand, and, I, like, okay, I, I get what they're doing here, but at the same time. He's still like the one of the smartest people in the world. Like, really? He couldn't think of anything to do to get money no, besides begging. Okay, so here's my this here's would be my point my, on like, this. Eh, this is like my so he the the scene is that filmmaker. You know, we we pan to like this basically a farmer's market. Yeah, and of course bananas are right of there. Course, yeah. Um, and he is just in his his you can see the, his legs oh, yeah, showing through. Totally ripped. He is just collapsed on the side of the road. You can see his feet are beaten up, mm-hmm. and he's his head is down, and his arms are just on his knees, and his hands are just out. Like, mm-hmm. please help me. Yeah. And there's this, you know, a small child looks at him, sort of like, whoa, look yeah. at this guy. Ugh. 
I think this is look if you've been through what he's been through. Yeah. This is where you, you yeah you did have a moment here where you gave up because you true. know yeah, and we've learned from this from the first thirty minutes. Yeah. Well, he he can't he can't do himself in. No, he knows that's right. That. Yeah, he can't. Yeah, that's right. He, there is nothing more to do, and maybe yeah. for just this moment, it hits rock bottom, and he's like, "I can't." There's nothing else I know what to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, he's he's relying on the the kindness of strangers. It's really so, sad. It's really sad. So, but let's not leave the this this episode about that. Wait, is that about where the that, minute ends? That's where the minute ends. Is oh! him on the street begging for things, but. But before we get on, there's actually something else we can talk about before we move on. Thank goodness. <laughs> so there actually is a deleted scene that that would fit right approximately in here, uh, in, uh, somewhere in these in these minutes or so. Um, Wait, you, once again, this movie has the most deleted scenes. It does. Ever. It has a lot. Apparently, uh, in doing my research, apparently there's almost 70 minutes of deleted scenes, and not all those what? have been available. Wow. Like they're out there, but so there there was like there is apparently a, a lot of uh, back conversations. Uh, about I even I even just heard a recent interview with uh, Louis, uh, and he talked about there was the movie he wanted to make, the movie that Edward Norton wanted to make, and Ooh. the movie that Marvel wanted to make, and then they realized they weren't the same movie, and so uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, so there is multiple versions going on, and that's that's why I think uh, uh, they none of them have all worked together again after that because they they apparently didn't see quite eye to eye on what kind of movie it should be. So there's a lot of deleted scenes. And one of the deleted scenes is this one. You can find it on, on, on the Hulk um, Blu-ray or on if you buy it on iTunes, I believe it's in their deleted scene sections. Or uh, I believe it's on YouTube as well. If you search for Incredible Hulk General Greller, you'll find it. And it's a fairly long scene. Yeah, this is. It, actually, I guess it would be it fit in here right before they land because it's about the flight out. Right, so the, it's, the, the plane is left from, yeah. from their incident in Brazil. Right. With the Incredible Hulk, yeah, it's, it's Blonsky and Ross. Basically, it's right. like what happened to them. So it's like it's like them playing out. So as the camera pans up, we find out something we never find out in the course of this movie is the fate of the Commando Squad. Oh. So as the camera pans up, we see three body bags. Yikes. So three of the Commandos did not make it out. And as the camera comes out, so we see two stretchers, and there are two Commandos there who are receiving medical attention. So rest in peace for those three guys who the Hulk apparently killed. And maybe that's one of the reasons this scene was deleted is because he didn't want to show the Hulk being a flat-out murderer. Well, no, that's what it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's part of it. Right. So okay. I'm not sure. what I'm, I guess for the three, I guess it would be the three that get uh, sort of mauled over by the, the tank that he shoves yeah. there. There's three there, and the other two he was sort of shaking. So maybe those are the ones who survived. I don't know. Yeah. But And then, and then of course, there's the two. And then as it up, then there's Blonsky, totally fine. Sitting next to these guys, so it's because well, like, he was oh, in the high ground, right? He, he had yeah. the high ground, yeah. As we've learned, That's always find the high ground. That's where you want to uh, be. But then uh, there's a, there's a lot of exposition that happens here. So uh, Major Spar is basically has this technical speak, and then gets cut out of the movie. And so she's she, the one that we saw earlier in the yeah, like, she's the, the first right. Five she's or six Ross's. Minutes. She's been right. in the whole thing. She just hasn't had right. a lot of lines. So right. uh, she's Ross's right. Hand. She's the one who says, "Oh, well, there was an incident in Milwaukee." Right. Like so, and she'll have more to do. But so she's doing a lot of exposition about the computer. So basically, what she's saying, is, I won't read. I don't have to read the whole line too, but. Uh, is that they can't trace what he was doing. Like they say that he was really smart in terms of uh, getting the, to tap into multiple cellular networks so they can't trace where his emails were going to or where the other side of the two-way communication he was. He was really big on VPN before he VPN was. was at the... That's right, that's exactly right. And, and also, uh, you know, uh, moving from places so they wouldn't, right. you know, like, uh, for his signal, so it would be different. So they can't figure out where, what he was sending, or they can't figure out where the stuff was going or what was coming back to him. And so this, of course, makes Ross extremely frustrated and stuff. What they do figure out, though, from the notes that are on 
the computer is that Bruce is trying to cure himself. He's trying to kill the Hulk. Like, he's trying to cure it. And so that's, he actually, Ross says he wants to get rid of it as sort of like an aha moment. Ross has a big moment about, like, what he wants. And I'd say I've never seen William Hurt at 10. And this is William Hurt at 10. And he, like, he says, I don't want Banner. I want what's inside of him. But that's not how he delivers it. <laughs> I don't want Banner. I want what's inside of him. I know there is. There's a couple other podcasts. Full on to the top. Yeah, Kevin Smith does a podcast, The Hollywood Babylon, and they always have their little segment about overacting, uh, right? Where okay. you overact. Yeah. This. Yeah. I would is one of those moments. He so overacts it. Yeah. That you just go, mm, dude. <laughs> and, like, and the scene is edited, so that's the take they wanted. So, I mean, there, there had to have been multiple ones that he had done. Well, so, but, it, but yeah. what, it, what it's speaking to is, is okay, so what's the, what's the part of this in the plot that we've missed? Once he realizes he's trying to kill the Hulk, yeah. well, now he's flipped out because not only has he eluded him, not only has he lost, you know, credibility, money, resources, men, yeah. the one thing that will only make this worth it is if he gets what's inside of him right because he like you said he doesn't want bruce right so now this is Hulk. so now this has gotten to the realization where he went if this is a race yeah i'm losing yeah if he kills it before i get to it i'm done yeah all for nothing well yeah, yeah. then he flips out so he says um and they, they say something oh there's something you know spar tries to to sort of say all is not lost like oh there's some things we can do and he says what will he do? He's already on the move. But I only say that because uh, for some reason uh, the, you don't get to see subtitles in YouTube, but YouTube tries its best. So when that line came up, uh, it translated, what will that do? He's already on the move to, oh, Bernardo, he's already in the mouth. Oh, oh. <laughs> so thanks, YouTube Translate. You tried. You Bernardo. tried hard. Bernard- but I have no idea where Bernardo came from. Put but yeah, that down. Literally, like, like very Shakespearean. <laughs> oh, Bernardo. All right. Now, during the scene, we kind of get these interspersed shots. Yeah, that's of right. Blonsky. The scene is still not over. No, the, oh no, we're only like middle middle yeah. of the scene. So they're still on the plane. They're having this conversation, but as Ross is losing it, mm-hmm. it shows a shot of Blonsky mm-hmm. just looking at him. Yeah, taking it all in. Well, and he's taking it all in, and here's what here's what's written on Tim Roth's face. And this is yeah. Oh, oh, you want what's in him? I want <laughs> what's in him because I want that. Yeah, you really. You know, if there was one thing that I think they do, and, they, and, and basically they don't have any dialogue together in that one. No, but they, they share a look. Oh and no, it tells you His, so much. Well, you almost even get the idea that when you put it in that perspective, when we just made fun of you know William Hurt's overacting. Yeah. yeah. No, I actually think he's overacting to drive it home oh, to Blonsky. I more of the. I I want you all in on this because huh. we could maybe do something to you that will help you. Help me, because mm. I don't care about you. Right. I just yeah. want what's in Bruce. Yeah. I think it's a really, it's a nuanced scene that yeah. says So a the lot. scene transitions to the base, uh, and they basically have to face General Greller. This is Sparta! <laughs> That's such a... <laughs> Into the pit oof. he goes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he's having to explain... Um, sort of what happened, sort of recap the mission and stuff too. And why it, did we lose three guys? And why did I just spend a ten million dollars? <laughs> right. Yeah, Greller says, uh, "Yeah, uh, that's one hell of a white whale story." So, like, have a very so this is where thing. so it's implied. This is where he's told him, "Yeah, where Banner is this actual creature yeah. that happens." Yeah, and that killed two, three of the guys, and put two in critical condition. 
And he's like, you're full. Yeah. Of it. Well, yeah. So like, uh, you said you were going after a scientist, not a monster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we probably would have chose a different loadout if we'd have known that. Or um, I would never have signed off on this to begin with. <laughs> yeah. And so then he said, like, basically says, "Oh, Blonsky can verify all this stuff," which is sort of like, "Yeah, you're gonna bring your subordinate in to like, well, like if he's following orders, then of course he's gonna say everything you, you just said." But yeah, I don't think okay. it's a big deal. So then, so Ross goes to the door, opens it up, sort of signals to Blonsky. Blonsky gets up and walks in, and I and I mention that because that exact scene, that three seconds, is going to show up in the movie later on. Uh, so we'll just talk cut about within what it a different, does. a different, yeah, in different situation. context, but like that scene. Right. So then Bonsky goes in, sits down, and basically you know, does his own version, tells the story. But one of the things he said that was interesting, he says it was ten feet tall, fifteen hundred pounds, green or gray. He kind of makes a big joke about green or gray. Well, that's a that's a comic book right. Easter egg homage book. because the original Hulk comic, he was gray in it when he first showed up. He was gray, uh, and actually, uh, to their credit, they say that uh, there was a comic book series written by Jeff Loeb called. Uh, Hulk Gray, which they say was uh, one of the things that was inspired inspired them when they were making this movie. Oh. So they, and they talk, and so that comic book takes place over the first couple of days when the Hulk first shows up, and he's gray, and then later on he became green. See, and then yeah, there's there's a big conversation about metals, which is like okay, it was like, sort of like establishing Wazki's bona fides as a as a tough guy, badass. Okay, well we we get it. Like, that that didn't need to be any there. But the one thing that's interesting is when Grella seems like he's going to shut them down. Ross says something very interesting to sort of get him back on his side, and he says, we don't know what Banner's intentions are. We don't want this technology falling into the wrong hands. I thought those two interesting choices of phrases to be like, oh, yeah, we don't want the Russians getting the Hulk. You know, like, oh, okay, well, then here's a blank check. You know, like, so like Greller gets on their side, like, whatever you need, then you can have because we don't want this getting into the wrong hands. Always the fear, the throwback yep. fear. Yeah, but it works, you know. One of the other things that they mention is um, that a, a, a Easter egg or a thread that was never really developed after this movie that should have been because Greller mentions this as part of one of Ross's experiments. Wait, one of? One, like, yeah, that, that he was doing something else. Let me see if I have the line. Uh, another one of your super soldier experiments has gone haywire? Is oh. there anything that came out of that program that didn't turn into a mess? Hold on. Whoa, right? What do you mean? Yeah. So, like... So there was other things before the Hulk or after the Hulk? Like, like what else? Because like, if Banner was working on one thing, who were the other people working on stuff? And something else got out? Something like, wh- where was that? Where's that story? That's not been confirmed or denied. Like, that's not. No, a, they've never they've never followed up on that at all. Since it's not in the movie. It's not. No, it's not, and and to my knowledge, you know, Andy hates it when I talk about the future. But the the, the future the future of the you know in the later MCU, I don't remember Ross being attached to anything else until he shows up in in Captain America: Civil War. Wow. Yeah, I mean, maybe I, I see. Maybe there's in the in the, the comics, like there are some tie-in comics that I'm trying to track down now because a lot of them are out of print. But yeah, maybe that really. Oh, that's know, interesting. It's, it's interesting. But they they sort of put that out there, sort of like a oh, there's some nice story threads they could follow up on, but they never really never really went anywhere with that. This. Maybe that was you know maybe that's part of the reason why it was cut for a lot of different reasons. Could but be. one of them could be is just that okay, yeah, we don't. We don't have a plan for what that line means, or or the, the what we intended is uh-huh. not going to go. You know, I don't know. They didn't know if it was going to go anywhere, but yeah, we don't need to seed that. That's not something that we're not planting the seed on because yeah. who knows? Yeah, interesting. Anyway, That's a so, great yeah, note. So that it's, a, it's, it's a it's it's worth checking out. I mean, if if you're if you if you've been listening along this far, I would definitely recommend going and checking it out just to kind of to see what an an alternate cut would have looked like because it is completely finished. 
Oh yeah, it's it's cut. I mean, like it's, it's, it's not fully edited. They yes. probably they had some. It looked like they had some sound work they still need to do because it looked like it was wild sound. Uh, but other than that, it's it's a it's a yeah. it was a sequence that was in the movie. It looks like until very very late that they cut out. It ends with the general saying, "Put together a list, but be prepared to explain everything on it." So, <laughs> so and that's how the scene ends. So that was the deleted scene. So there's some stuff in there that I think would have been nice if we'd have known plot wise but it was it's a long scene that goes on and for for the pacing they're going for i think it was a good choice that they cut it uh anyways if you want to talk about this deleted scenes or other deleted scenes from uh, other movies that might have changed the course of the movie you can do so over on discord yes that's right we have our own discord chat room and it's pretty active too uh you can uh, head over to the nextreel.com and there's a link that to you can join us in it we have multiple channels set up and now we have our own channel for talking about the hulk so if you want to come over and and complain about how we keep going on and on about <laughs> deleted scenes when they're not part of the movie proper you can do so over at our discord chat room yeah, let us We're know happy to take your criticism we want this to be about you right so oh. thank you all for listening we hope you had a smashing good time until next time true believers bye